We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth. And today's conversation is one of those about tactics, about how to talk with people. We're going to focus on how to reach people and make the conversation personal to better connect with them. Who better than to talk about this subject than another person named Ian Spencer? <laughs> another person named Ian Spencer? He, he is a person. Is he there is another personal. person? Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, I don't know. If anybody else who's listening to this podcast understands what I was saying, please leave a well, five-star review. Well, there's another Ian Spencer out there, I suppose. We will not get any five-star reviews. <laughs> if you are the other Ian Spencer, let us know. Yeah, what, what if we do have another Ian Spencer as a... Anyways, you definitely don't have another Ian Spencer who's the director of programs at Critical. I can guarantee you that. But anyways, Ian, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Lexi. <laughs> so Ian was outside OSU um, talking to people about abortion, not on campus, but like on the outskirts. So were you talking to somebody in this conversation who was in college or do you know? Um, he looked like he was college age. So yeah, I think okay. he was a student there. Okay. Okay. So um, we do outreach out there but uh mostly we're talking to the college students even though we're not on the campus because it's literally the outskirts of the campus anyways um so you're talking to two guys but really mainly one guy was actually interacting with you um so let us know what is that what was that conversation kind of the overview of it yeah i was talking to um these two guys uh really it was just the one um he was walking up and i asked him what he thought about abortion and he was saying that he was um pro-choice and thought that women should be able to decide what they wanted to do <clears throat> and so um our conversation kind of pro progressed and i um showed him what the aftermath of abortion was and explained to him why i thought that was wrong um and so he kind of agreed with me that it was murdering a baby um and then he said well what about in the case of rape or incest mm -hmm. and so that's usually where all of our conversations end up going at some point um even if somebody's pro-life they always have to go to that like seriously you don't understand but we have a lot of podcasts going over that and handling how to respond so hit the show notes we can drop them in there yes for sure we probably have at least five talking about that at some level um but you obviously were able to talk to him about that um and i would guess you probably like trotting out the toddler or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, different stuff like that as we were talking he then told me that um his girlfriend was pregnant they had just found oh, wow. out and um she was five and a half weeks long they just found out that they were um pregnant and so i asked if um he was the father uh -huh. thought maybe that was why um he was using rape and incest as a justification that maybe oh. his um girlfriend had been raped mm -hmm. and so then i just started asking him about that and um he was pretty excited he said it was a planned pregnancy and that he was the father and um so i just started using um his own child as um an argument against abortion and um referring back to the pictures and saying you know what if someone had done that um to your own child um if uh for for any of the reasons that people use to justify abortion um how would you feel about that um and so i think as he looked at the the pictures and saw that happening um it really um struck a chord with him mm -hmm. now that he's a, a new father interesting well i think we should i mean we kind of already touched on it but let's play the show clip right now of his um audio um of that little snippet of him talking to him we've established that both of them are murder right both times you're killing a human. Why is it okay in one situation, but not in the other? I don't know, I never really thought of it that deep. 
in all honesty, because my girlfriend's actually pregnant now. Oh yeah? But it was like a planned thing, so you know. Yeah, you're the dad? Yeah. Congrats, yeah, exactly. that's exciting. When's she do? Uh, I'm not sure, she's only five and a half weeks. Okay, cool. So, yeah. That's exciting. So think about that, like you have a five and a half week old baby right now. Your baby already has a heartbeat, it already is like brainwave, stuff like that. Okay, that's a good clip. But before we get to kind of like the whole tactical side of it, which you already suggested, Ian, or referenced about referring to his baby, I found it interesting where he said it was a planned kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point, he's still we still see him in his kind of somewhat pro-choice views. That he's kind of setting his baby apart as so like our baby maybe shouldn't be killed because we planned for this baby versus other babies who have been unplanned. That's a death sentence for them. I do hear that a lot in conversations. I assume both of you have as well. I mean, like, what, what do you think about that? This whole idea that your value, your dignity is based upon whether someone planned on you. That's what do you think of that idea? It's really sad. Um, that would be really sad if that's the only way that um, you had value. And uh, I think a lot more people wouldn't be alive today if that were the case. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't think of it that way or they're so depressed that they're like, well, yeah, my parents don't want me. I rather have been aborted. Um, we yeah. also hear that all the time um, and probably just increasingly so um, is like depression has like uh, increased in the past few years too. Um, but I think it is very sad, but I don't think a lot of people understand how sad it is. And maybe even this guy, I think that's why you had to um, focus more on making it personal to him because he probably doesn't understand what he's saying um, in, in large part, um, just seeing the child as a accessory to their life like mm -hmm. oh I want to have a baby so I'm gonna have a baby with my girlfriend and I'm excited now that she's pregnant but if it was with another girl at another time and I didn't want her then that baby would be a bad thing yeah that's well said and I think it points back to which is at the base of all of our conversations this need for an objective grounding for value because even like think of everyone we know on our staff or whoever like I have no clue however many of us were planned or not planned by our parents. I'm not going to ask to find out, but yeah. there are also varying levels of planning. Some people, you know, plan, we're going to try to have a baby now. Others think, well, whatever happens, right? Mm -hmm. There are varying levels to which you may have been planned or unplanned, and you can't you can't make that a benchmark for our value or we'd have varying levels of value. So I think, again, we see here the failure of anything except for our mere humanness being the benchmark for our value. Those other ideas totally fail. So I think that then turning to the corner to what you did, Ian, can you explain, kind of narrate for us in your mind when you heard that, okay, he's pregnant, like that's a cool connection point for you. Um, why did you make the move, a decision you did to, in the conversation to go further into uh, unpacking what he knew about his own baby or talking about his child? Why was that a decision you made? Um, yeah, I think that anytime uh, you can make something more personal to someone, um, it's going to impact them in a different way. And um Stephanie Gray talks about that in her book, Love Unleashes Life, and how um, you want to humanize um, the unborn children that we're talking about, um, and also um, yourself in your conversations with them. You don't want to come across as um, a robot or someone who's completely disconnected from things that are going on in the real world. And um, I just thought about that in relation to um, like often when I was standing next to the signs and thinking about my wife being pregnant, thinking about that happening to our baby and how, um, horrified I would be, um, thinking about that happening. And so, um, I knew that, that was something that really stuck in me when we found out that we were pregnant and I thought that that might for him too. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, Ian's, uh, wife just gave birth to his baby. How many weeks ago now? Five weeks ago? Uh, almost six. 
Six weeks ago. Wow. So this, your baby being born is longer than this baby's even been in existence that we're talking about right now. Um, but just both are human. Both are fully people. Yes. Very true. Very true. (laughs) Seth. Um, but that's good. Cause I mean, I guess when you're talking to people, you kind of have to, um, talk to them with like your knowledge. So maybe like, I mean, anybody could bring up like the connection between the the child that they have but like even you have a greater connection because you are a dad and because your uh wife was just pregnant and so that gives you an even um greater ability to kind of connect with them in that point maybe somebody else who doesn't have like those same experiences may connect find a different way to connect with him so it's all coming from um your position and also meeting them where they are at as well i would say so um but you obviously saw that point and we're like okay yes this is a great way to not only congratulate him to show him like the value of his child and see like Stone, that's a good thing because what if he didn't actually want his child too? Um, so you kind of have to go on the defensive. At least I know. What do you think about this? Whenever other people tell you, "Oh, my girlfriend's pregnant," and stuff like that, I kind of get scared. Like, oh no, this is about to be like me trying to convince him not to have an abortion. Yeah, it can often feel like you have a lot of pressure um, yeah. that you have to say the right things or um, interact with them in the right way. And um, in some cases, that's true because there is a baby's life that's on the line. And so you want to be a good ambassador, um, but you want to do that in a way that's um, winsome and going to impact yes. that person. And that's what, exactly what you did, because if you if everybody noticed, like, Ian, you were like so calm, you're just like, congrats. Like and then and you also went in and t- told him about his child's development, even though you knew, OK, he's not, you know, going to have the abortion. But now you're just not even just trying to humanize his pre-born child but also um the lives of the other pre-born children who don't have parents who um would rather keep them than kill them um and so maybe go into a little bit of that how did you um start to make it personal throughout the rest of the conversation that we didn't get to hear um how were you tying his child back into the abortion um conversation yeah at that point in the conversation he was um pretty much just saying that abortion would be justified in the case of rape but again i was just trying to um trot out the toddler i'm sure you guys have talked about it before um but doing that in a way that applies specifically to him and so um using his child as a reference um and trying to help him see why that would be wrong go ahead and define that though for some people who maybe just jumped in on this episode what do we mean when we say trot out the toddler yeah. So when we're talking about trotting out the toddler, we're talking about comparing a preborn child to a born child. So anytime someone gives me a reason that they um, say a woman should be allowed to have an abortion in, I think, would it be okay for a woman to do that with her born child? And so I'll try and um, ask them that or uh, bring up an analogy of how that might happen. Um, and so I think even with him, I asked him like, you know, what if you found out um, later on down the road, like your wife gives or your girlfriend gives birth to um, your baby and um, six months after it's born, you find out that the baby's not yours, but it's a, a rapist's baby. Would it be okay for mm-hmm. um, your little boy or little girl to be killed then? And his answer was obvious. Well, no, of course, um, because it's already born. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, so I think it's so interesting here that with that example, when you try the toddler, you're, of course, comparing born to preborn baby and trying to show that it's wrong to kill both of them, which is what you established at the beginning of the video when you led into saying we get that both are murder, killing inside outside the womb, both are wrong. That makes good sense. I think that um, it's really interesting here that because his he had a baby of his own, 
we're so used to the preborn babies on our signs testifying against abortion, but in this case, his own baby testified against abortion, which is pretty cool that, again, the babies are the best at testifying against abortion. But I think what I'd like to hear your, your both you respond to this idea. So with Ian in this conversation, it's not easy, but it's fairly evident to us how Ian could connect with him, right? So Ian just had a baby, Lex, as you just said, his baby was just born. This this gentleman, he has a baby uh, who is alive now, but still in the womb. So it's kind of an obvious connection to young dads, right? So, but what do you do if you're just someone listening to this podcast at home and think, I have literally nothing in common with any of these college kids. And they're struggling to wonder how they could make that personal connection to facilitate dialogue. What tips would you give to those people who are trying to find ways to make connection, to make conversation easier? How do you find connection points with them? And Lexi, your big smile makes it seem like you have a lot of great ideas for that. <laughs> oh, you know, I have such great ideas. If you go back and listen to the intro of this and how intelligent I sounded, that's about as intelligent as the answer you're going to get. Um, but I would just say there's a lot of people I talk to that I have literally nothing in common with, especially, well, I would say literally every, every single human being has something in common with you. We are all human. We're all made in God's image. We all have similarities, even if we don't want to um, admit it that we're very, we're more similar than different in a lot of ways. Um, But I would say, especially like when we're in downtown outreach and I'm talking to people who grew up really different than me, have a completely different lifestyle who, you know, maybe in their 50s, 60s, whatever. I mean, I don't have like the same life experiences as them, um, but I still can find common ground with them. Um, We all have um, similar like rights and wrongs in our minds usually because Mm -hmm. we all have consciences. So um, that's a great thing. And so we can always tie that back into things. A lot of people care on a basic level about something or someone. So it's just a matter of finding out what they care about. Is it um, racial justice? Uh, That was a hot topic in 2020 a lot, Um, even 2021, I guess even now. Um, But I found whenever I was downtown and outreach doing that, I was able to talk to people about that a lot and use that as something to um, kind of create a bridge. Even if I don't agree with them on a lot of things um, and maybe even on the certain subjects that I'm using to create that bridge. I may not see eye to eye with them on that, um, but I can use that as a springboard into pulling in the, the topic of abortion, pulling in the topic of the gospel as well. What about you, Ian? Yeah, I was going to um, say the same thing. Just You can find common grounds with people who have a very different worldview than you because you still have set frameworks of morality that people know um, mm-hmm. right and wrong. Um, whether or not they have the same, um, faith as you or, um, vary on things like abortion or other things like that, you can still find common ground with them. Yeah. And sometimes I would say it's more tricky, especially if they're on, on a college campus and they're just trying to pretend like reality doesn't exist. And so they just won't have a conversation with you that acknowledges anything. And even if they know deep down that they're sounding, you know, uh, not the most intelligent. Um, <laughs> you can still at least plant some seeds in them. Hopefully they'll go home or in five years from now when reality hits them in the face, they'll be able to remember your conversation. So I don't know. Does that make sense, Ian? 
I, I'm not Ian. <laughs> I mean, Seth. <laughs> I look People sad. say it all the time. If you're, but uh, anyhow, so um, yes, I think what you both said makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think that really apologetically, if you think of like ideas, it's not that hard to find common ground because as you both said, there are so many things we agree with people on, right? We're all opposed to school shootings, I would think, or yeah. we should be. We're all opposed to rape, which was brought up in this conversation, the act of rape happening. So we actually share a lot in common. I think sometimes it's the almost the what you might think of as like personal things that are harder to connect on like Ian and this guy being young dads mm. it's harder to find that kind of connection I've like looked almost at like the people's like uh, if they have an emblem on their shirt for a ice cream brand or something they like that I can connect with on that that I can I can use but I think that it's those personal connections are harder but if you can find them are very valuable or like if they have a yeah a shirt on with I don't know a, a basketball team you, you at least know of or maybe you don't like but you can connect on your love or hatred of that group and uh, as sports fans connect also, if you're like open to them more about like your personal story, like, I mean, not obviously, oh, do you want to hear about my life story? No, yeah, nobody no, that's wants not to work. hear that. <laughs> um, but like, if for some reason you're like, uh, if they're bringing up the, a certain circumstance of why abortion is okay and you can be like, well, I've actually had an experience like that. Or I was, um, if you were adopted or something, you, I was adopted or I have a friend who's adopted, um, and things like that. And then they usually open up about their life circumstances as well. And so having them share their personal stories or things like that, I mean, you don't, you don't worry about sharing your personal stories, but uh, all the power to them to share their personal stories because that just helps you be able to connect with them better. So ask them personal questions. I don't think that's like overbearing. Obviously, there are some questions you just don't ask. But if you're just like asking them like, oh, do you have you if they're using the argument that um, uh, abortion is necessary to save the life of the mother, even after you have clearly told them that's just not that's just not true. You could ask them, do you have any personal experience with that and kind of start from there as well so asking them questions don't go too personal y'all nobody wants to answer that please do not that's awkward but on some level you can ask a personal question to people that's well said and i think it's very important i mean and we are already on the street asking this very you know shocking question to people about abortion showing these pictures so i think people are kind of ready for being pushed a little bit so you can ask a question that might be normally kind of awkward in dialogue uh so i think that's really well said lexi so, Ian, what was the end result of your conversation? What happened um, towards the end of that? Yeah, towards the end, you could tell he had um, really had the framework for his thoughts on abortion shaken by our conversation and um, more importantly, by what he saw. Um, and so at the end of the conversation, it really looked like he had changed his mind on abortion mm -hmm. and his friend who was really quiet, um, he started to try and like bring him into the conversation and get his thoughts on it, which he was a little reluctant to do, but it seemed <laughs> like as they were going off, they were kind of continuing the conversation. Nice. It always seems to be when there's a group of people, there's one person or at least one person who wants to be there. The other are just like, get me out of the situation, <laughs> which is fine. That's good too. Even if you just got to listen in, that's awesome. So good. Good. Any, everybody who is listening to this, make sure that um, you go and you follow us on Instagram because we off, oftentimes post some reels about um, not only um, the debriefs Instagram, also Create Equals Instagram reels of the conversations that we're having. And those are just little short bites of um, the conversation. So you don't have to, you know, sit down and watch a 10 minute long video if you don't want to you can have a short little sweet thing and um it's not usually sweet though what you're going to be watching it's the opposite of that mostly um but go follow us at create equal org and also 
debrief with us. That's right. On Instagram. Exactly. And if you would like to, please leave us a five-star review. But also remember that in your conversations, like we're having this conversation with Ian about this outreach experience, every outreach conversation is a chance to learn and to get better for next time. So if you are someone struggling to connect personally with people, uh, just go out and practice it. It only gets easier when you do it. So yes, please do check out our social media, check out the reels and share them so other people can see them as well. The more you see others having conversations about abortion, the easier it becomes. And also, if you like what you're hearing, please do leave us a review. And if you have questions or thoughts for us, send us a direct message. We'd love to hear from you directly. Thank you for joining us. We are created equal. And this has been The Debrief.